And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Uh, I normally do not do this, but I'm desperate. And, oh? and you are you are someone I think I can turn to. Um, do I you- love I love it when you're desperate. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I love being the only place you feel to, you can turn. Do you have an extra six hundred and fourteen million dollars? Oh, um, not in these pants. Okay, do you, you keep your your millions in other pants? What pants? Yeah, yeah. What pants the, would you feel comfortable keeping them in? Corduroys? Uh, the Richie Rich pants. Oh man, that was a good movie. Well, um, so what do, would you like? Uh, was it six hundred and fourteen million dollars? Uh, so four. So I was looking at you know what what's been going on with the news of the day, and I am not very well up to speed in in wrestling news of the day, but I am aware. That today, uh, your favorite mugshot and mine, Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon, sold 8.4 million shares of stock in the TKO company. And at $76 a share, that comes out to approximately $614 million that he made today. That's great. So this was rumored to be happening last week, and everyone was crowing on Twitter that he had obviously tried to make some play to get back, you know, the majority control of the company, and it didn't work. And so now he's, you know, trying to cash in and get out, although apparently $8 million is only like 20% of his shares. Doesn't he still own the most shares out of anybody? Isn't he still like the de facto chairman of the board as a result of owning like an additional 20 million shares or something. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know the specifics because I really don't it care. Sounds more like he's 80 some odd years old and he'd like to live the rest of his life as a billionaire. So yes, I think that's exactly like, it. You know, it's not like he's now, but leaving a legacy for his kids or anything. Why wouldn't he just enjoy the fucking money? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was, you know, we can talk about the AEW pay-per-view that I believe is happening this week, if you are interested. Is Um, one happening this week? Apparently. Um, Let's watch it. Come on over. Let's see. AEW Full Gear. Let me look it up, and I will uh, let you know the matches you can expect to find on this fantastic show. Uh, let's see here. Waiting for things to load. Um, I don't care about your Wikipedia deals. Leave me alone. I think I was planning to do the last AEW show, but then I got the COVID. Yes. And we had to cancel. So so here we go. Yeah. Uh, timeless Tony Storm with this new gimmick that is taking, timeless. taking the internet by storm. Uh We'll be taking on Hikaru Shida for the... That's a great pun. What? Taking the internet. By Storm. By Tony Storm. It's Tony time. Uh, We'll be taking on Hikaru Shida for the women's title. 
Uh, Bless you. Christian Cage will be teaming with Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Are you familiar with Nick Wayne? I am not. Is he anything like Wayne Knight? I can I tell you I would be there. I would be there now, waiting. <laughs> I would be sleeping on your couch, waiting for Newman <laughs> to don the what? Uh, oh no, that wasn't him. But it made me think of Billy Madison, the principal who is like moonlights yeah, okay. as a professional wrestler. Um, no, Nick Wayne was this like 16, 17-year-old kid who was an independent wrestler and everybody loved him. And I think as soon as he turned 18, Tony Khan signed him. So now he's part of the Christian he's part of the Christian Cage stable. We'll be taking on Sting, Darby Allen, and their part. I was about to say, he reminds me of Darby Allen without the face paint. Because I just looked up a photo. Yeah. Sting, Darby Allen, and their partner. Uh, the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland. That makes sense. You have an Adam Copeland. You have a Christian Cage. Yep. I suppose you put them in a program together. Although, wouldn't you want to put them together and have some concertos going over all over the arena? Give it time, I think. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Got to give it time. Got to give it time. In a match I know you will be excited about, Orange Cassidy will be taking on John Moxley. All right. Hangman Adam Page. Do you think that will be anything? Well, I'm so obviously I, I I'm somewhat familiar with both of those individuals, but Orange Cassidy, obviously I don't know his full history on the independence. In AEW, he doesn't seem like a hardcore match type, um, but has he done that sort of work in the past? As far as I know, he's always been that character. I'm sure he had moments where he wasn't, but... The reason why I ask is because that pairing to me in my brain, you know, obviously I start drawing parallels to Randy Orton, Mick Foley, and I say, oh... That could be interesting if Orange Cassidy is pulled into a match that is not of his traditional type. But before I said that out loud, I thought better of it and said, well, I don't know. Maybe he's been in these sorts of matches all the time. But at least you don't seem to have recollection. No, I'm not a huge Orange Cassidy historian, but I don't believe so. I think it is. It's interesting because Moxley will try to go the death match route. Yeah, right. And I would think Orange Cassidy would just sort of like look at the, you know, the skewers that Moxley wants to stab into his head and just kind of shrug and toss him on the ground. And that would be the end. I assume at some point he actually gets injured, though, and then he juices up and, you know, uh, pun juices up. Well, I just assume that's what it's called. When you hulk up, but you're Orange Cassidy. Should be what it's called. Um, That one will be interesting. Hangman Page taking on Swerve Strickland in a Texas death match. I like Swerve Strickland, so I'm excited for that. I like Hangman Page well enough. Um, Although every time I hear him, when I hear the name, it takes me a moment in my brain to go, oh, that's the one that's not Adam Cole. It should be easier these days, because as I understand it, Adam Cole is injured yet again. Is oh, that yeah. right? Oh, yeah. 
So like I, 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 he probably isn't the Adam that should come to mind when I think of Adams in AEW anymore. But for some reason, my brain still goes there first. And it, it takes me a moment to remember, oh, yeah, this is not the one that is grotesquely short. This is the no. one that is. He's not. Forgive me to all the Adam Cole heads out there. And I love Adam Cole. Uh, he's not afterthought Adam, which is kind of what I would be calling Adam Cole at this point. You have Adam Copeland. You have Adam Page. You um, have Adam Baum. Oh, man. I wish they I had Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb versus Luchasaurus. Come on! That'd be great. Uh, Generation Me will be taking yes. on the tag team known as the Golden Jets. Now, if you, I don't know who that now, is. If you had to guess, these are two AEW superstars that you do know that are now teaming to be the Golden Jets. Who would you say they were? Who likes gold? Um, that'd be Kevin Nash. And <laughs> I'm sorry, that's Kevin Nash's wife, actually. She's the one. My wife who likes loves gold. gold. Yeah. Um, I've, I can't. I honestly, gold and jets do not bring anyone to mind. That does not sound like a clever pun on anyone I am aware of. Well, I'm sure you're going to tell me how I'm wrong. No, but. no, no. I think I know why they're called this. But it's stupid. Um, Kenny Omega was one half of the Golden Lovers with Kota Ibushi. So there's Kenny Omega is one part. And I'm assuming Kenny Omega is Canadian, possibly from Winnipeg. Also from Winnipeg, home of the Jets hockey team, is Chris Jericho. So I believe, I know the Golden Jets are Omega and Jericho. I believe they are called that because of the affiliation with Winnipeg, but I honestly don't know if that's true. Why, why, why is generation me fighting their buddy? Have uh, I missed something? Uh, well, there's the elites, their buddies. I, I thought they, they were had a united break. front against. I thought they had a breakup at one point. Uh, people. There are stipulations recently. to this match. If the golden jets win, um, they get the tag team title opportunity that is currently held by Generation Me. If Generation Me wins, then the Golden Jets may no longer team together. So maybe this is Generation Me fighting for their friend back? I, I'm not following. Um, it's like they all got suspended in the wake of the CM Punk stuff. Yes. And when they came back, they came back as a united front. And that's in my brain relatively recently within the last year. Um, have they had a breakup since then? No idea. Yeah. Uh, eh, whatever. I now have the ability to watch AEW fairly Why? on demand. Uh, well, I have the subscription now to new Japan pro world. So I have that. And if you have, if you are in Japan, you have access to the last two years worth of dynamite collision and rampage. Oh, okay. And you being located in Japan would have access. And to me that makes sense. having it taken me four days to remember what email I used for my VPN. Um, have, have figured it out. I think how to 
how to be from Japan. That is wonderful. So, so I can watch AEW and I probably will, you know, start a little mini quest in which I try to watch the last couple of years, but I'll start from the beginning of 2022. Um, I, but I don't know why Omega and the Bucks are no longer friends or if I don't know the story at all. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm sure it'll be a good match if you like Generation sort of Me, which I don't. But, you know, some people do. Uh, we got a second women's match on the card. Chris Statlander, who is the current TBS champion. She's she's pretty good. We'll be taking on Julia Hart, who I believe is with the House of Black. Um, and either <clears throat> Red Velvet or Sky Blue. Huh? Those are wrestlers. Red Velvet. Those are wrestlers. So Red Velvet or Sky Blue. What? Those are the Who's names Red of, Velvet? Names I've really wrestlers. never heard of this person. Uh, let's see. Sky Blue, you told me, is like the one that people are all like horny for now correct but I, I still don't know i don't know if i've ever seen her although she was like yeah no wait she, was she the cheerleader no that's the other lady who was in house of black julia, is that lady still in house of black julia hart the one i just said <laughs> oh which one's that julia hart <laughs> that's not sky blue that is not sky blue those are different people you can look them up if you're interested red velvet well she looks like a cake what is that? Red mean? velvet cake. Oh, I see. It's a bakery pun. And maybe a butt joke, but this picture is not of her butt. So that's what the kids say, right? Cake. That's that's slang for oh, yeah. the My students the say buttocks. that all the time. Do they really? No. Oh. Then you are you looking up sky blue or do you not care? <laughs> Have you I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <It's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? It's great. Well, it's fine. Tag match for the tag title. We have the House of Black, Malachi Black and Brody King. Taking on FTR. Taking on Rush, Arush and Drillistico from Mexico. Take, <clears throat> taking on the current AEW Tag Team Champions. Obviously, the team of Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Uh, huh. Do you know who Big Bill is? No, although I feel like you asked me that same question recently, maybe when we were talking about the last AEW show. Big Bill is seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. I remember that was somebody's slogan. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> big cast. Yeah. Big Bill. Big Bill. Is his real name at least Bill? Yeah. All right. So, so. they got Adam Copeland and they've got anemic Adam Copeland. <laughs> he looks like Adam Copeland, doesn't he? he? Does. Big Bill. He does. Bit. They should be tag team champions. Right. All right. I'm your long-lost brother, maybe son, depending on timelines. Right. I mean, we'll just recast Big Bill because nobody's invested in that character. It'll just be they'll be the the Copeland twins, <laughs> and they can do twin magic all over the arena. I 
would pay $60 to watch that. Right? <laughs> Main event, MJF taking on Jay White. Who? Oh, Jay White, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just want to point out, I'm just noticing this. If you watch this show, you will watch Orange Cassidy, The Golden Jets, Red Velvet, possibly Sky Blue, Malachi Black, and Jay White. A lot of colors. Where's Miss Peacock? Where's Professor Plum? Colonel Mustard? Mr. Green. I'm fairly sure they're all in the study. With the lead pipe. Mm. That's a fun game. It's a great movie, too. It's a great movie. It might be a better movie than it is a game, actually. Yeah, probably. So there it is, full gear. I always think John Ritter is in that movie, and it's not John Ritter. Who's Mr. Green? He's fantastic, too, but what is that guy's name? Oh, um, Michael McKeon. Damn it. I was like, he, and I should know that because that's, um, that's Lenny, right? From, yes, uh, Vernon Shirley. Yes. The namesake of my Poochula. How are the Poochulas, by the way? Ah, they are wonderful. Uh, Lenny has lost pretty much all of his baby teeth. So the teeth that he now has are significantly less sharp when he bites you, which, is definitely a consolation given that he does still bite you. Oscar is really the taking the brunt of that, but um, we're working on it. What are the Thanksgiving plans for Manson Manor? Going places. Are you doing multiple events in a day, or are you breaking it up? We're going to split it across different days, I believe. Pooches will only go with us probably to one place, I'm interested to see how Lenny does in the car for 45 minutes on the highway. Mm. I suspect he's going to yak and poop everywhere because he did that on the way to the vet, which wasn't really that far. And we're going a lot further for this. So it's going to be a stinky car ride. That'll be fun. Fun times. Oh, it's going to be great. Will there be smoked bourbon or whatever there was or smoked turkey or uh, most likely assuming the weather cooperates? Yeah, well, that'll be good. Yes, it will. I think it's going to be like 60 on Friday, so it seems like it hey, that'll should be nice. work out. That'll be nice. That'll be nice. Ah, <clears throat> Yes, indeed. But yes, the AEW show is on a Saturday. Which it is, is? Which is lovely. It's Saturday the 18th. So Interesting. But yes. Yes, yes. In case you are interested, there is somebody who is dressed in the MJF like devil mask. That is, may I also just say, a stupid mask. And when he wears it, it makes me think less of him. Well, somebody else supposedly is wearing it now. And the mystery is, who is it? Is it Adam Cole? Is it CM Punk? Is it somebody new? I mean, it's not the injured guy and it's not the guy who got fired. So is it Jungle Boy? A lot of people are thinking it's Jungle Boy. If it's Jungle Boy, you would know, though, because he'd be, you know, as built as a fence post. All you're seeing, apparently, is the mask. So there's no way to tell the body. Okay, yeah, then that's Jungle Boy. <laughs> if they're going out of their way to hide the body, then yeah, that's Jungle Boy. Unless he's taken all the steroids in the last six weeks. Mm. 
all the steroids, all the human growth hormone, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, some chicken horse grow- growth hormone. I don't know why, but it really helps with the plumage. He does have a lot of plumage. He does. Um, I feel like I should move the conversation along to the next topic. However, I have no topics. So I feel like I should be facilitating this conversation instead of just spinning our wheels. But honestly, I've got nothing, DC. So, Well, I did hear comments, not criticisms, Uh-oh. but comments that... It had taken some besties a couple of days to get through the podcast because our podcasts have been around that 90-minute mark these last few weeks. Too long, huh? So we could, you know, go right to the emails and give them a nice short 45-minute podcast this week. Podcasts at ddtwrestling.com is the email address. First one comes in from Brandon Banks. Remember Job? I know this is about a different podcast, but I've got a question for the besties. Other than Glenn, how many of you still listen to the Joy of Booking pod? How many of you have never listened? Okay, I know it's truly not for everyone, but DC is about to embark on an adventure that I think many more people will be interested in. I ask that you check it out once his newest tournament hits the airwaves. It will be highly entertaining. Now, a side question. Jeffrey, who doesn't have Twitter, are you okay? Check into the show. Sent from my iPhone. Well, I, I hope you listen to The Joy of Booking. And, I now, listen every week. Did you enjoy last week's one where I put a little swerve on the audience? Yes. Talking for 10 minutes about how I think I was done. And I've been doing this since the pandemic. And that's a lot of episodes. And I'm tired. And I'm stressed. And I don't want to do it anymore. Which, which at moments, is all true. Um. And then got an email, quote unquote, uh, from Brandon, because Brandon has put together a new tournament for me. He doesn't say that in this email, but he has put together. Oh, that's why he wants people to listen. Yes. He made this thing. Yes. Well, I ain't listening to shit now, Brandon Banks. Sorry, Brandon. Um, I am curious about Jeffrey, though. (laughs) I would like Jeffrey to contr- to to chime in. Let us know what's. Going I'd like on. to hear from Jeopardy sometimes too. I lost on Jeopardy. Baby. Did you? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That that you know, that's what we got to keep in the hopper. Is we we have at some point need to go through the Weird Al discography and rank all of the songs, but that is a hefty endeavor. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <laughs> the uh, next one comes in from Danielle Sullivan. Is Glenn's different? Than- I have his coming in later. I don't know. Oh, all right. Then let's go to Danielle's Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving. Hello. I was going to email this out last week, but got wrapped up in emailing about university students and such. So now, shortly after sending that email, I'm going to go ahead and draft this question out to send it for next Wednesday, a.k.a. today for you guys. What are y'all doing for Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving? Both the public schools and university will be out all week this year, a trend I truly enjoy. Oh, good for you. I'll be spending Friendsgiving with a friend and the company she'll bring over. Wink, wink. Hey, now. 
It's really cool being friends with a family where the husband wife are both in their 50s. What's the wife husband? We most likely will have Thanksgiving with another friend and her five children. So let me ask you, or let me tell you. (laughs) Do you want me to read this? Are you okay? (laughs) Lucas and I are praising all the gods and such that we are children freely. We can both be around children at school settings, visiting people's houses, but to have fun at our home, we have a to spend day on day on day. Nay, hey, we are good day with that day. <laughs> I lose my mind, DC. Uh, that's why we like our fur babies. They aren't as demanding as children, eh? except when the kitten is hunting bees out on the patio. Then she loses her ever-loving mind. For Thanksgiving, we're staying here since our festivities will be during Friendsgiving. That'll leave good old Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade football and leftovers for us to enjoy a cheersies Daniele. Out of curiosity, is, is Friendsgiving an official day? Is that like the night before Thanksgiving? What is, because I was not aware. I thought like Friendsgiving was just like a sub in for Thanksgiving. Like if you're not doing it with family, you call it Friendsgiving, but I assumed it was still on the same day. So is it actually a separate day? It's from the description here. It sounds like it is. <clears throat> the A quick Google tells me that you can do, Friendsgiving is often celebrated on Thanksgiving Day. It's for those people who are not able to get home. So let's say, you know, you live in California and a bunch of your friends live in you California. Mean California. But, yes, but you're not from California. Thank you. And you don't have the money to get on a plane. A. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so you decide to stay a and have the dinner with your your chosen family. Love it. Um, but this also says it can be any other fall day in November. Nay. Lovely. Okay, so I don't know when you're doing Friendsgiving, Daniela. However, it sounds like it's going to be a cool time. I hope you have a good time with that. Uh, since you asked, Danielle, and I appreciate that you asked, um, I will be going up to uh, the Great White North uh, on Thanksgiving weekend um, and, and doing a joint sort of family affair. Staying um, at home on the actual day, though? Uh, yes. <clears throat> That should yes. be nice. Yes. So, are you are you going to cook a traditional meal for yourself and the missus? I do not believe there will be any turkey, not even Sylvester turkey. That's a crazy mid two thousands WWE CW reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork, and I love it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, we will have something delicious. But we are not necessarily turkey people. Um, we will probably do, you know, maybe some nice filet for continuing with the joke. Uh, and you know, I could roast a chicken, but I'm trying not to eat dark meat anymore. Um, so then it kind of defeats the purpose because white meat's gross. So have some applesauce. Yeah, we'll do the, I, I gotta get it. Actually, I might still have a can of cranberries from last year. Um, And, you know, we'll do that sort of thing. So we'll just do a quiet thing, just us, which we're very much looking forward to. uh, And then head up the day, the night of or the day after to see family and 
and celebrate in that way. So that is our current plan. Thank you, Danielle. Happy holiday to you. Uh, I imagine we will record next week. It is the eve of, well, you know, to be the eve of Thanksgiving. I currently. Oh, um, we'll have to see. I might be occupied. Yeah. Although, worst case, are you home that day? No, I'm so, so yeah, the reason I said good for you, uh, the universities are closed for Thanksgiving week. Public schools are not. I have parent-teacher conferences next week. So I will uh, be going even grayer in the beard dealing with 16 or 17 sets of parents. For Lovely. Yeah, yeah. real thrilled. Um, and then I work Wednesday as a glorified babysitting day, and then I get to go home around one. So I will have the afternoon and evening free, but we can also be flexible. And if we need to skip a week, we can skip a week. The besties can catch up on other podcasts. They could check out the great episode, Dr. Giggles. Doc Manson legitimately enjoyed this movie, praised it to high heaven. Did I? On you did. You talked about how it's not something that you go back to and rewatch, but it was quite good, and you think it is worthy oh, yeah. of another, yeah, another yeah, absolutely checking out. So, yeah, Larry Drake, Larry Jarmix. Yeah. Uh, our next email comes from the bestest of all besties, Glenn Double Nope. The next one comes from Nate. How is this out of order? I got it at one forty-eight. I got it at three thirty-seven. Okay. But I mean, Nate. yours is probably the right one. If the That's earlier fine. one is probably the right one. You want? Would you like to read Glenn's double? No, ones? let's do Nate's. We'll say it's he's the bestest. We can save him for the end. The price of meeting your heroes. This one's a little long. He wanted you to read it. <laughs> no, it's not. But I understand you lost your mind the last one. Good afternoon, DC and Doc. I don't know if I found it yet. This past weekend, I went to the Minneapolis Comic Con. Lots of cool artwork and nostalgia for old video games and action figures. Some celebrity guests I wanted to meet too. Lita, Trish Stratus, Kevin Smith, Tony Todd, and two OG Power Rangers. Hopefully Billy. I knew it wouldn't be free, but it Is was Billy 50- the blue one? Yeah. I knew it wouldn't be free, but it was $50 just to get a picture with someone. And although cool, and probably the only time I might get that close to meeting someone cool, it wasn't worth it to me. I know Doc has talked about this before. DC, what would you pay to meet Nicolas Cage or Bo Dallas? Um, Nicolas Cage, zero dollars. I respect Nicolas Cage. I appreciate the work. I have no need to meet him. Um, having Knowing what I know now about Taylor Rotunda, Bo Dallas, I don't think I need to meet him either. We... If you go back and listen to a, an older episode, GQ and Doc and I went and saw Mick Foley. Uh, this actually, I might have blogged about it. It might be that long ago. It might have been a blog. Um, we went and watched Mick Foley perform spoken word, stand up, whatever he calls it, um, at a local comedy house. And then we went and did the, you know, he... This is what this is what broke my heart. This hardcore legend, this icon, this person that I know Doc has seen as a hero and you know or at least someone he has really appreciated. I appreciate the work. He finishes his set. He goes over to a couple of card tables. He's setting up all of this merch that you can buy. He's trying to fiddle to get the credit card swiper plugged into his phone. 
And all of a sudden he goes from Mick Foley to older gentlemen struggling with technology and hoping you give him some money. <laughs> I'd never really enjoy. I haven't had many opportunities to meet celebrities. I don't need to. I would love to go to a Comic-Con, but I would not pay money to see anybody. I would just wander and appreciate the stalls and the, you know, what people are doing and maybe go to a panel. I don't even know if I would go to a panel. Um, but yeah, you know, of that, uh, I suppose it would be nice to meet Kevin Smith. But again, I don't think I need to pay any money to meet Kevin Smith. I would have really liked to meet Kevin Smith. I don't even know if this timeline is right. 20 years ago, I would have liked to have met Kevin Smith before he got way into weed. Did you see him when he came to our school? I did. Yes. And he was like two hours late. Yes. And he came on stage and he was like, you know, we just got here. I'm going to go smoke for a while. I'll be right back. And then he left for another like 10 or 15 minutes. In fairness, when he did come out on stage, um, I think there had been problems at the airport or something, which is why it was late. And we came out on stage and obviously everybody applauded. And the first thing he said was, no, do not applaud that. I am ridiculously late. Uh, you know, so he at least was like a reasonable human being about the situation and acknowledged that him showing up late was a total dick move, albeit out of his control from what I understand. Yeah. But yeah. He, he seemed actually apologetic about it. But yeah. yeah, Kevin Smith today just seems to me like... He is off of weed now. I know he is. But but the even like... I, don't even, I actually don't even have really a problem with Kevin Smith on the weed necessarily. But I feel like over that time, who he is as a person has shifted... And then, like, he got, like, you know, real skinny because he got off of sugar. And, like, he just, he doesn't strike me as the same guy in that head that was doing all of those nights with Kevin Smith back when we were in college. Sure. Um, I just don't know that he's someone who I would want to have a conversation with anymore. He seems like a caricature of himself in many ways. Um, I don't I, know. Like, he just something about I, him and his movies now just don't. His newer movies just don't resonate with me the way they did before. And of course, mm -hmm. that's the case, right? We all got older and aged and whatever. But I don't know, there's something about Kevin Smith now that I just I don't. What's interesting? Jive. What's interesting to me about Kevin Smith is that I never got into his movies. I've seen Dogma, um, and I do like that movie, and I've seen Clerks. And I tried to watch a couple of others and I just never really got into it. I've only ever been a Kevin Smith fan because of the podcasts. Um, and I've read a couple of his books. Um, you know, I, the only podcast I listen to now is fat man beyond um, because and now I appreciate it. Cause it only come out, comes out like twice a month. And then Kevin just reads the comments. And now apparently they have a chat feature. And if you pay money, your chats are bigger or more, you know, they're seen more. So they're more likely that he'll respond to it. But you have this Mark Bernardin, who's the co-host, brilliant man. He's saying these wonderful things. And then Kevin goes, oh, Fanny Pack 98 in the chat says blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you're not even listening. 
to the person that you're hosting this podcast with. What is the point? So, Mm. um, but yeah, continuing with the email, hearing stories from you guys about your job makes me stress (laughs) out, but I do love it. Genuine question. Why do you think teachers and professors don't get paid what they should? And do you do not you think? And do you think you ever will? Um, those are two very different questions. Why do we not get paid what we should? My opinion on that is skewed. I'm sure Doc's opinion on that is skewed. Other people would say we probably make too much. I, I do understand that I work 188 days out of the year. So like I am, I am just over the 50% mark of the year. Mo, you know, almost half of the days of the year, I don't work. So you can make the argument that because of that, I get paid exactly what I should because of the time. I would disagree. I think the job of a teacher and professor is vitally important. Um, and there should be some more money that goes to that. But I think public service jobs in general don't necessarily get paid what they're supposed Why to. Why do you think teachers, professors don't get paid what they should? Societal issues. Yeah. 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 End of statement. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know. No, I don't think we ever will. No, I, I think, you know, we are... Depending on how you look at it, it's possible that the country as a whole is on the precipice of a massive teacher shortage because people are getting out of this job left, right, and center because it's not worth it. Um, and certainly there is a lot going on with unions in this country right now. So I do think that a teacher union, um, which exists, of course, could potentially work towards a strike or something to improve conditions, pay policy, etc. Although I don't know that the appetite is there amongst the population of teachers that I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, and it's also weird because, you know, if I stick around this job for another 15 years, my pay will tick up closer to, you know, people, I've heard people say that, you know, every teacher should make $100,000 a year. That would be lovely. Um, no, <laughs> I, not at all. If I, if I move to a very high-end district, maybe by the time I retire, I'll be close to that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't get paid badly, I will say. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a society issue. You know, you have those people who are like, well, you're just babysitters. You know, computer could teach these kids more than you can. And I'm like, in certain things, absolutely, sure. But in terms of how to be... I don't citi- think that's even true. In in terms of how being citizens... If you sat a kid in front of a computer, they would learn nothing. I mean, they might learn how to play video games, but like, it, that, they're not left yeah. to their own devices. They're not going to learn anything. So we shall see my piece of positivity is the new horror movie Thanksgiving coming out on Friday. I'm expecting just a fun bloodbath. Enjoy your night. Vlad's your bestie. Nate sent for my iPhone SE, hopefully soon to be 
iPhone 14. Cool. You have any thoughts on that movie? Or are we saving that? Yes. Okay. Now are we going to Glenn? Sure. Glenn, double N, bookworms. Not too long. You got <laughs> Hi, guys. This week, I was watching an old Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes movie, and it reminded me of a teacher I had when I was eight years old. I was taught to read by my mother at the age of six, so the sort of books we were made to read at that age bored me to tears, and was my apathy f- and my apathy was mistaken for not being able to read. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Eventually, I was put in a class with a man who was probably my computer is wonking out here. Uh, the most inspirational person in my life at that time, apart from my mom. He was an ex-miner, M-I-N-E-R, we're all ex-miners, who had taken up teaching later in life, and he made learning fun. He identified what our interests were and adapted classes accordingly. One of the things he did was introduce the stories of Sherlock Holmes to the class and would have actually get me reading parts of them to the class. He was also the person that introduced me to those old movies, which were really fun. Anyway, here's my question. Which were your favorite books growing up, and was there anybody outside the family that inspired you? Sorry the email is longer this week. Thanks, as always. Glenn, double N, period. Uh, Basil Rathbone is probably the best cinematic Sherlock Holmes. Benedict Cumbersnatches can fight me. What makes Basil Rathbone so good? Do you I don't know. He's just my quintessential... In my brain, like he is Sherlock Holmes still. I don't know why. He's got the look. I like the dry delivery. Um, there's something about those old movies that I just, I do really appreciate. So good picks, certainly. Glenn Double N from those. Um, certainly had people inspire me. I had uh, some great teachers in high school, I think, that probably are the reason why I ever went into science and ended up with this sorry excuse of a life that I have. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Similar to you, I guess, right? I found them interesting. They made learning fun. They were engaging in different ways and, you know, really let me really run wild with creativity, I would say. So, yeah, similar story to you, I suppose, in some ways, Glenn. How about you, DC? I'm trying to think of the books I read growing up. Like, I'm thinking elementary school. I remember enjoying the Encyclopedia Brown books, even though I was not particularly good at solving the mysteries, um, if that makes sense. Um, I remember liking some Choose Your Own Adventure books. Um, I got into like Bruce Coville, who was a very uh, famous author of the time, Space Brat, My Teacher is an Alien. That series was very good. Um Redwall. I remember enjoying the Redwall books. That was probably more middle school. Uh, you know, I am. Sh- I had very good teachers. The first teacher that really stands out to me was fifth grade, who I then had again in seventh grade, um, was also the first male teacher I had, which obviously I think made an impact as I am a male teacher at this point. Um, I don't remember anyone. At this point. Earlier, you were a female teacher, but now you're a male teacher. Who knows what I'll be next? Indeed. I support uh, you. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it feels like, you know, I 
read from a very early age. Um, and, you know, I didn't have siblings to play with. Uh, you know, we all know my troubles with video games and the lack of uh, electrical outlets in my house. So, you know, I, I read quite a lot. So. I'm trying to remember what I read in elementary school. I'm not, I'm not recalling anything specific. Um, you told me, though, that you started Lord of the Rings early. Like you were. No, no. I don't think I read Lord of the Rings until high school. Oh, okay. Um, and like in elementary school, I was probably reading like Banicula and mm-hmm. Celery Stocks at Midnight and yep. all those books. I think I was probably way into this was probably the only time in my life that I was way interested in nonfiction. Although when I tell you the subject of these nonfiction books, you will say, wait, that is fiction. I was obsessed with like Bigfoot and aliens and the Loch Ness Monster. I used to love reading those types of books at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably read a lot of books about horror movies at that point also like i can remember getting like the big book of monsters and there were even like these books that were essentially novelizations of a lot of like the 50s giant monster movies i remember reading a lot of those um but yeah by the time i got to middle school like seventh grade or so i was reading michael Crichton and stephen king and brian lumley so like at that point i was you know moved on but but yeah elementary school i have trouble remembering I, w- I know i was never into the hardy boys or any of those style of books nothing there really ever caught me oh you know what i read a lot of comics too uh, um comic strips not comic books so like uh, calvin and Hobbes. i've read obsessively the far side garfield was always my number one um but yeah i, I rented a lot of those from the library i every scholastic fair i was getting the newest garfield book you know like are you excited that. for the movie? No, not at all. Chris Pratt playing Garfield. No, thank you. He opened his mouth and I heard the voice and I was just like, yep, yep. I then turn this off. Have we talked about Garfield without Garfield? I think I've talked about it a long time ago on this show, but yes, I think that is brilliant. Oh my God. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody hasn't checked out Garfield without Garfield, you can find it online and it's basically reprints of old Garfield comics, except Garfield himself and anything that he says or does has been digitally altered from it. (laughs) And it's essentially just John in empty rooms with himself going insane. And it's brilliant. Yeah. I'm looking at one that was posted and it's, you know, John in an empty room. And then in the next panel, his eyes are wide, his hair is sticking out and he's screaming. And then he goes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Fantastic. Um, I'll also mention the Wayside School series. Uh, Louis Sechar, you know, that was good too. What was your first adult novel that you read? Not, not, that was <sighs> not, that was assigned. It was either, you know, I know we've talked about Lonesome Dove before, but it okay. was probably either Lonesome Dove or um, Stephen King's Different Seasons. Okay. Which had, you know, Apt Pupil, Shawshank, The Body, and the fourth one that nobody ever talks about um, in there. I think those were two books that I read pretty early on um, that I liked. Cool. So those are the first two that come to mind. Uh, 
I'm curious for the besties. I'm sure Danielle will be into this, and I'd love to hear from other people too. Uh, what were your childhood readings? We know that uh, Glenn Double N got into, you know, some Sherlock Holmes and things. Um, curious to know what what you were. Reading. I got I got into Douglas Adams probably around middle school too. That's probably the first time I read Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just reading Garfield minus Garfield. I've read a lot of Peter Benchley. He's the guy who wrote Jaws and he had a bunch of other, you know, marine animal horror books that were good. But anyways, um, one last email. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. Um, You should feel jubilant. I'm excited if it's him, except this is not the same name. No. So. I don't know if the email is the same, but we we knew Pav Mondaire, M-A-N-D-I-A-I-R. We knew Pav Mondaire. Oh, it is the same name or the same email, rather. This is Pav Singh, but the email is still the same. Um, it has been ages since we have gotten an email from Pav. Um, and, you know, it, it, it seems like no time has passed. Let's get right into it. Hi, guys. Why, hello, Pav. I've been watching NWA Power recently and really enjoy the presentation. I hope they get a TV deal as it's great to have a show formatted like this. This is what an alternative is meant to look like. Something AEW isn't. Out of curiosity, because he doesn't describe it. Are you familiar with NWA Power? What is the presentation? The only thing I know about it is the former Brodus Clay, uh, now known as Tyrus, I believe is the NWA champion. Um, and he did the worst wrestling I've ever seen at a recent show. And I was just like, you know, maybe NWA is done. So I don't know. Um, are they doing like a more Lucha underground style? That's the closest thing I've seen to an alternative in the last 10 years or so. Um, so perhaps Pav would, uh, would like to share. Also recently with the NWA Sam Hain pay-per-view, Sam Hain is a great name because it's basically Halloween from its Gaelic and ancestral roots. If you had to pick a Halloween-themed pay-per-view name, what would it be? Here are mine. Halloween Haunt, Halloween, Bump in the Night, Scarefest. But my favorite one I came up with is Slamoween. Yeah. <laughs> what would be yours and which is your favorite of the above? Pav, passion, adventure, vitality. Oh, is that what that stood for? I, I, I was trying That's to remember. what his website used to say. Okay. Okay. It took me. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, mine, I would call mine Halloween Havoc. <laughs> um, and there would be a giant like inflatable pumpkin with like a little demon coming out of it and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, of the above, of course, the answer must be Slamoween. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hmm. I think I would go with Valpurgisnock. Explain. Well, it was a traditional European festival. Um, May Day Eve, I believe, somewhere around. I think it was like celebrated 
around the eighth century, um, throughout like most of the Nordic countries. Um, and yeah, shared themes of like, you know, transitioning between seasons and it was associated with the supernatural. And I think that a lot of what would later go on to become Sam Hain was sort of borrowed from Valpurgisnock um, and was sort of reapplied there. So I'm just going back a little bit further. Well, all right. There we go. Of your where you going? Thank you, with, Joe Bob, for teaching me about Valpurgisnock. Are you also going with Slamoween? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you to uh, Mr. Banks and Mr. Abbott and Ms. Sullivan and Mr. Schmidt and Mr. Singh. Mrs. Manson, we missed you this week. I hope we catch you next week. Um, Might have surprised you because we, I'd like to point out, we'll still hit an hour, despite the fact that we went to emails like 30 minutes ago. We'll we'll still hit an hour. Uh, Doc Manson, give me that piece of positivity. Um, I think I might be going to the movies on Friday night. Okay. To see Thanksgiving. To see Thanksgiving. That'll be fun. With our good friend. Frenemy of the show. GQ. Now, now here's the question. The Qest of the G's. Here's the question. Yeah. Does that mean we will get a Thanksgiving spooktacular? What do you holiday. think? Oh, uh, yeah. This is also coincidentally why I might not be able to record on Wednesday. <laughs> okay. But I think we're going to see the movie on Friday. And I think the only other day he has available to record is Wednesday. Can I tell you if, if we have to miss a week so that um, you can record a, ho- a Thanksgiving spooktacular, I can think of no better reason uh, to, to miss seeing your beautiful face. Although I will happily sit here. I, I will be your cook and I will just watch. I mean, you, we can record on Tuesday, potentially. I'm doing conferences I, I will come home Tuesday having finished 16 or 17 conferences and my brain will have oozed out. Well, my I mean, if you just so want to make... swear for 40 minutes straight, that could be an episode. That could be. That would be a good episode, actually. Right. I don't know if I've ever said that word out loud, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> it might be the first time. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie. Eli Roth directing it. Eli Roth has made Ooh. some. You know, enjoyable guy. movies in the past. I didn't really enjoy Hostel myself, but, you know, certainly it's well appreciated. And he's definitely a big name uh, in the horror genre for sure. Um, and of course, this is based off of a teaser, a trailer, a fake trailer that was produced to be part of the Grindhouse movies when those came out. So like during that Grindhouse event, which was made up ostensibly of Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino and Planet Terror by Robert Rodriguez. You know, they, they presented those as a double feature, more like you were going to see them in an old style 70s theater, you know, style, grainy uh, film, grainy film. Uh, and they did, again, they did fake trailers spattered throughout that. And that's where Thanksgiving comes from. It was a very popular fake trailer, which now all these years later, um, is apparently going to actually be a full film, which, yeah, I don't know. That it's happened, interesting. That happened with Deadpool, right? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Although I think the Deadpool thing was was made specifically as an advertisement to the producers, being like, 
look at what we can do with this. That is probably very true. Um, the one thing I will say about Eli Roth, I do respect the man. I've seen him as a guest, I think, on The Last Drive-In, and he clearly has a deep love of the genre, and clearly he is considered one of the all-time greats. Um, but personally, um, he hasn't really done much that I like which I know probably seems weird. And who the hell are you, Doc Manson? Who gives a shit what you think? But like he, the th- he, he came he came on my radar with Cabin Fever way back in the day. That probably would have been when we were still in college, probably early 2000s. Um, and Cabin Fever, I know pe- people like that movie, um, but it it did not register for me. It's very much this weird horror comedy blend, but... The com- none of the comedy landed for me, and the movie felt pointless. And then I really wasn't into torture horror. So, like, I didn't initially really watch any of the Saw movies, and I never had any interest in watching Hostel or Hostel 2, or I think there was a Hostel 3, although I don't think he directed Hostel 3. Um, so, like, I didn't watch any of those. Um... I didn't watch Planet Terror or Death Proof when that came out as Grindhouse. I didn't watch him in the Green and Inf- I didn't watch the Green Inferno. I didn't watch Knock Knock. I didn't watch his remake of Death Wish. Outside of Cabin Fever, I don't know that I've seen any of his movies. Interesting. And I don't know that any of them interest me. Um, the Green Inferno is supposed to be good, but like it's a modern update of Cannibal Holocaust, which again just strikes me as a very exploitative genre. And, like I can understand wanting to pay homage to that. And when I will say, Cannibal Holocaust was a movie I never thought I would watch or enjoy, but I did watch it when Joe Bob covered it on one of the earlier seasons of the Last Drive-In, and having his commentary throughout that film really actually helped me appreciate it. And I actually enjoyed that film in a way that I never thought was possible. So, like, I'm not 100% against it, but I don't know that we, I just, I don't know that we need a modern telling of that. It just feels gross and exploitive, I guess. I don't know. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's never, he's never clicked for me, but I know people love him. So, at any rate, Thanksgiving, the trailer, once I did finally see that, um, looked great. Not my favorite trailer from Grindhouse, but up there for sure. And I hope that this new movie does justice to it. I hope it really embraces that. I think, as Nate says, it looks like a bloody good time. I am anticipating enjoying the heck out of it, and I hope that I do. Well, it is possible then that we will not have an episode next week because it is possible that GQ and Doc are recording um, a spooktacular. If that is the case... Please, please. I a will... gobble-tacular? Oh, excuse me. A gobble-tacular. Gobble-gobble. Um, if that is the case, I will probably uh, be recording my gobble-tacular because Brandon Banks, while yes clearly wants you to listen because this is his baby that he has done for me. He has outdone himself. Now I have done many tournaments. I have done individual wrestlers. I've done tag teams. I've done hosses. I've done cruiserweights. I've done all sorts of things. 
I've done finishers. But what I haven't done, I haven't done entrance music yet. Mm. And so Mr. Banks created for me, I believe, a 256 theme song tournament complete with YouTube links. So, so I Don't will get sued be, out of existence, please. That's that's what I'm going to have to figure that part out. Um, cause you know, they're really looking for us. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, I figured out a way to do it. So I'm going to try to like click the link with my eyes, mostly closed. Cause I want to hear the song without knowing what the song is or who it's for. And I was practicing that. And as I closed my eyes, I clicked the link and hard time. The big boss man's theme song came on and I started like dancing in, and I'm like, this is going to be a fun time. So I am very much looking forward to diving in um, to Mr. Banks. I wish you weren't uh, video adverse because a mo- uh, just a video of you turning on this music, not looking as you're doing it. <laughs> and then suddenly just if you the dance takes you over Cobb County, Georgia, this could be viral DC. This. Yeah. I would be, be the new Manuma guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I say that with love and affection for the new Manuma. I'd love it. Ah, man. Well, there we go, friends. Some things to look forward to from both. Not only uh, DDT Wrestling, you get this fun-filled episode, but things from other great podcasts. Sounds scary. Again, check out Dr. Giggles. GQ's Giggle, creepier than Larry Drake's. I will mention that. Uh, And the joy of booking. Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It does help us keep the lights on. It keeps this insane podcast train chugging. He is Akde Anson May. At Doc Manson, my name is C. Day Matthews May at the Disa <laughs> Matthews. I'm not good at Pig Latin. Uh-huh. Have yourselves an abulous fay equa. Until we meet again, I'm a Ren's fay. Ontwe uye eBay. Erway Estibay. Question mark?